Welcome, everybody, to Be Better Betters. I'm the host, Spanky. Thanks for listening. Taping is Saturday night, December 28th. Hope everybody out there had a Merry Christmas. Supposed to tape it last night, Friday night. Just didn't get around to it. So, here we are Saturday night. Christmas was good in my house. Kids got what they wanted. Um, You know, it's good playing Santa Claus. I remember reading a line one time where, uh, you know, as a father or a mother, you go through three stages of your life. Uh, The first stage is I believe in Santa Claus. Second stage is I don't believe in Santa Claus. And, of course, the third stage is I am Santa Claus. So it's good being Santa Claus to my kids. I got a 14, 12, 10, and 8-year-old. The 10 and the 8 still believe, which is good. The 10's probably, this is probably going to be the last year, because she's starting to, you know, ask a few too many questions. But that's a little bit about what happens with me. Let's get to these questions on the Twitter thread. Uh, Episode 5, we're going to just bang them out. I might talk about a few things, and uh, I'm looking to start having some guests on eventually, but I like this question format, so I could, you know, answer somebody, a lot of people have different questions, and again, my answers are not the right, there's no right or wrong, it's just my opinion on how I approach things, everybody does things a little bit differently, but listen, any answer that I give is the answer that I believe that's worked for me, or something that I think is the right way, not to say I could be wrong, I'm definitely wrong a lot, um, so take it with a grain of salt, this is just my opinion after 20 years in the business. Alright, here we go, Alex Potteroff at 8pot underscore Tothamax, are second half lines weaker than full game lines, if so, why? Yeah, Alex, second half lines are definitely weaker than full game lines. <laughs> Main reason is a full game line takes, you know, hours and hours and days to compile. There's a lot of different things going into it. Um, it's uh, a lot of stats, a lot of models trying to develop it. A second half line essentially takes, you need to put up a second half line in about 30 seconds. So a second half line is going to be dependent obviously on the current score and also on what the line closed at um, prior to the game starting. So second half line is just a quick and dirty formula. You might have a little give or take, but second half lines are definitely more vulnerable, especially if you're watching a game um, and if you see something that's not reflected in that line or something, you know, um, just recently in the last maybe decade, uh, injury services like Don Best or whatever they would say uh, during a game if this guy's questionable to return or if this guy you know got injured during the first quarter, first half. Um, but now, uh, so, so before that happened, if you were able to watch a game and you'd see that some guy's not playing, most people don't know that. You know, a bookmaker, if you got got 100 games on a board, a uh, bookmaker's not going to know who got injured, who didn't. So um, a close eye on something like that, that... Uh, that happened in the first half can definitely give you an edge in the second half. 
Champions 23 at Champions 23X. Do you help bettors in the States? Say we can't bet offshore. Is there anything you could do for us here in Vegas, New Jersey to keep a local? Uh, I don't know what that means. If I help bettors, do I become betting partners with domestic sports books? No, I don't. I got, you know, if, I, if I'm not wanted in some of these joints, um, I'm not going to play there like I said before. Some guys would try to give me an account at William Hill and let me play into it. That's not my thing. Um, again, there's terms of service. There's a chance that if they detect something, you know, the, um, you know, and, and there's a lot of legal things there too. If you're going to be betting at the counter, if you're going to be betting over a certain amount, you got to claim if it's your money. So I'm, unless somebody puts up their money, maybe, and I give them plays, that might be an option. But the days are long gone where I'm actually funding an operation um, because we don't want to, you know, you never want to lie and you never want to. Uh, uh, say something that's fraudulent and false, that's just going to bite you in the ass in the long run. So back in the day, I'd have money all over the place in Vegas and stuff, and I'd have guys betting, but those days are long gone. If anybody um, is out there that want, that has their own money to put up, I might be able to do something, but then just a pain in the ass. What's going to happen? You're going to get kicked out in three days. It's just not worth it. Um, so we're not really into that. Again, I did that whole thing with David Hill, the Ringer article. Um, I just did that to prove a point that, you know, anybody can get kicked out or just, you know, it's, 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 a it's a very, um, it's simplistic once you know how to do it and once you're, you're sharp enough, um, places like William Hill will kick you out, um, no matter who you are and they'll promise you the world like they promised him, they told him sky's the limit, but of course, you know, just a few short hours later, he was down to a dime a game. If we would have kept it rolling, he would have got down, down, knocked down to a nickel a game, and eventually, you know, maybe a couple hundred dollars, two, three hundred dollars, which, of course, for the professional makes it, uh, you know, not worth it, of course. All right. J-Ball at Ask the J-Ball. What is your opinion on the Action Network's pro systems? I don't even know what that is, brother. Um... You know the Action Network. I um, I hear people talking about them again. I'm 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 in my own bubble. I'm doing my own thing, so I don't even know what this is. I know Sports Insights was a solid. You know they had some good things going on there. And the Action Network. Listen, a lot a lot of touts are on there, so I know a lot of people don't like that. Um, but then again, listen, everybody got a right to earn. If they're gonna earn that way, let them do it. I just don't pay any attention to it. Um, you know, they, uh, it's just one of those things in which, uh, any third parties usually talking about stuff is just not my thing, uh, when it comes to giving me advice on games and whatnot. All right. Shlomo at Common Kryptonite. Any dealings with organized crime-backed bookies, and do they operate different than non-connected books? Any stories you can share? Ah, jeez. You know, these are types of questions, um, you know, I think it's a little bit so uh, um, exaggerated when it comes to OC and, and, and uh, you know, anytime there's a big bust, they say that, you know, gambling is is, is the, the main handle of organized crime and this, that, and the other thing. You know, it's just not like that. Most guys are just bookmakers. Um, is there OC involved here and there? Yes. But, um... 
but do they operate different? Now, listen, if you pay when you're supposed to pay and you get paid, then that's it. It's just, you know, um, it's uh, just do the right thing and um, and everything works itself out. It, it's just, you know, um, I've never really had a problem with anybody and whether somebody was OC or not, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm, I try to stay far away from that realm. Uh, I'm just trying to bet. That's it. So whether the bookmaker is, um, is OC or not doesn't really matter to me let me just get down and let me bet the one problem we've been recently having over the last few years is these college kids that think that they could you know go to a per head site and become a bookmaker because anybody now could become a bookmaker by going to one of these per head sites and these college kids unfortunately this new generation they don't have any scruples they don't have any morals they just think that it's a being a bookmaker is a license to print money and i've just found that the honor of a bookmaker is lost in these in these these kids coming up in the business um they think that okay i'm a if I, I don't have to pay you know what are you gonna do about it shit like that you know playing tough guy and it's a shame because um you know it sucks this is the next generation the guys are gonna take over and um i don't know i just from what i've seen again i'm not trying to judge a whole demographic by my small little um, experience, but I just feel as if this new generation has a huge problem taking responsibility for their actions, and um, and I found that with these local college bookmakers, and that's a shame. All right, um, Joey Kilkpatrick at Nickel Getter. Also, instead of telling listeners not to ask the same questions twice, why wouldn't you just not answer them twice? All right, Joey, you little wise-ass. Um, you know, uh, problem is I forget if I answer the question or not. So, uh, you know, if we say, listen, don't ask, look, look through the questions, it might have already been answered. Um, that's why we say that. So I could answer something twice and I wouldn't even remember. I barely remember what I ate last night for dinner, let alone if I answered a question on this podcast. So... Step back, Joey. You know what I mean? Take a chill pill. All right, L.H. Foster and Mike Booney, 26. What sources would you recommend replace the 900 telephone and newspaper line suggested to follow in the complete book of sports betting? So the complete book of sports betting, written in 1996, um, they ta- uh, Jack Moore talks about how to get different lines. So in order to get different lines, you could just go to use a line service, um, like a Don Best um, like a Vegas Insider, or I heard Sports Insights has one. Um, different things to be able to get a snapshot. Um, I think SBR, Sportsbook Review, might have a line service. At least at one point they did. I don't even know if they still do. But that's how you get a nice snapshot of the market, and you could see where everybody's at, and that's how you look for the discrepancies. Again, back in the day, discrepancies were, were huge because not every bookmaker knew what each other bookmaker was dealing so, you know, you could have a guy dealing on five on a game, another guy dealing on eight on a game, and that thing could sit there for hours, hours, hours. Um, these day, th- those days are long gone, so you got to be a little bit, you know, faster and quicker to the punch. Okay, who we got here? Oh, there he is again. Joey Kilkpatrick, Nickel Getter. I'm going to answer another question for you, Joey, even though you're a wise-ass. Are there any PPH services whose bot prevention keeps you from automated betting? 
let's say you ran a PPA shop, what type of things could you do differently than what most operators do nowadays, i.e. copy-paste in? Well, that's a good question, Joey. All right, you're back in a, in a, in a positive light here. Um, PPH, guys, with bot prevention, that's another thing. So, so what's happening is this is a trend that's existing in the, in the, in the per-head business where they kind of want to deter bots and guys when they hear a robot or when they hear automatic betting they think somebody's cheating they think somebody's doing something wrong and that's not the case at all what is bot betting what why do we use robots and why do we use automated betting um it's in order to be able to get down at the same price over several different bookmakers and to be able to lock in at that price okay if i have a thousand outs and if i can't have i can't bet all thousand outs manually at the same time some of these outs i'm getting three hundred dollars a game some five hundred some two hundred whatever so it's just hard so you have to be able to automate that now these paper heads there's only a handful of them out there if i let's just say i have accounts a through z 26 accounts and one joint if i bet account a and b um, let's just say Knicks plus six, whatever, then they'll go to five and a half before I get through account C through Z. Now, that ain't cool. I want to be able to, uh, to, and again, A through Z, we assume it's a separate bookmaker. So I would never, if I, sometimes guys give me sheets, they give me accounts where I'll have two, three accounts, even up to ten accounts, whatever, with the same exact bookmaker. I'll never attack a bookmaker more than once on the same game. That's not right, because I wouldn't want anybody doing that to me. So I wouldn't bet Knicks plus six um, with the same bookmaker. However, the per head office, who's not booking anything, um, they, you know, I want to be able to get down as much as possible and not hurt um, um, a bookmaker more than once. But if I want to be able to get down and, uh, and and spread out my equity that way, then I should be able to do so. So, you know, that's a trend that's unfortunate. And, um, you know, they put up these puzzles and these captures and stuff like that. And, you know what I mean? We're, nothing's really... We're, we always find ways to get around that stuff. Um, and it's a shame, you know what I mean? Guys like Chris or a Pinnacle or... or or uh, or some of these exchanges, they they actually have APIs, and they have um, they give you the tools needed to be able to bet with a bot. This way, you don't have to load up and go to the website. You just go, and you bet. Any trading, any exchanges, in any market, you want to be able to bet with a bot. See the, the guys that. that uh, want bot betting are the ones that want to write more action. They want to be able to write as much action as possible. And they're not afraid to be able to pitch sharps against each other and write a lot of volume. So it's uh, it's, it's it's a crazy business, uh, crazy time. But yeah, that's the trend that's going on. Um, if I was running a per head shop or if I was a bookmaker, I would bring all bots, I'd bring every single person on, all comers. Um, I'd of course have to be working very hard, a lot harder than I work now, um, and it'll be a tough thing. I'm not trying to, you know, I respect the bookmaking profession. I can never want to, uh, I, I think it's one of the hardest professions and the most honored professions in my mind out there, and I don't think I'd be good at it. I might be alright at it, but I don't think I'd be good at it, so I, I, I commend any bookmaker out there who takes on all customers to, to be great. It's one of those things in which it takes a lot of time and dedication. I'm in my 40s now. I kind of think I've peaked a little bit, and I'm on the I'm on a down I'm on the, the downturn, as they say. So um, 
but that's what I would do, you know, if it was 10, 15 years ago, if I was running a shop. Okay, John B. Kirkman at John B. Kirkman 003. One man, three hours a day, no bots. Can he profit? Uh, I think you can. Try to hit some props and stuff. You know, the bots is a big thing for us. You know, I had robots from 2002, 2003, um, <coughs> before anybody even knew what they were. And I, I'd have bots that were not just automatic betters, but to be able to scope lines out. It just make things a lot easier. So, but can you do it without bots? You can. It's just going to, you know, I don't know, about three hours a day. You might have to put a little more time in. But, hey, listen, I don't know. You know what I mean? you got to try it out and see what happens. If it works for you, go get them. All right, Pocono Mike at Pocono Mike 4. Is your voice on a wiretap so the Freehold Jackson, New Jersey arrest last week? No, those, well, you know, what kind of question is that? Um, I, that was, I think that bust was a drug bust. And um, my voice was, I have a list of the wiretaps. I'm not involved in any drugs or any illegal activities, Pocono Mike. So, uh, that wasn't me. All right, Gareth Rams Button at G Rams Button. What makes college hoops so attractive to beat? Is there less opportunity during March Madness when prices are more efficient through the volume of bets? Yeah, Gareth, what makes college hoops for us most attractive is just there's too many games. And when you have a lot of games, it's hard for a bookmaker to keep up. That's what makes it attractive. And also, news doesn't travel as fast. Um, if you have a point guard out for Wichita State, it's a big different than if Tom Brady was injured. Um, you know, if Tom Brady sneezed the wrong way, it, it'll hit the headlines. So, you kind of be, you know, you're able to, to, news doesn't travel as fast, which makes the market a little bit uh, more inefficient, which um, then gives way to be able to, um, to, uh, uh, capitalize on those inefficiencies. Uh, March Madness, you know, the first round is pretty much the biggest round that we're going to bet, just because a lot of these, one, you know, 116, 215, 314 matchups, um, it's hard to price a lot of those. We find a lot of value in some of those um, uh, with respect to the numbers that I'm getting. So, you know, yeah, that first round is pretty good, but once you get past that first, second round, then it gets tougher and tougher. Paulie at NRL Player Stats. When ba- well, no. when betting basketball totals decides how many points as a minimum are you looking for to know that you got plus EV. For example, everyone is 200 and a half on an NBA total, and Penny moves up to 203 and a half. Is that just an automatic play for the over 200 and a half elsewhere? Oh, man, nah, there's nothing automatic, Paulie. That might be an order, you know, if there's anything. If I'm seeing everybody 200 and a half, pity went up to 203 and a half, I might just bet Pinnacle on the, you know what I mean, if I was able to bet that. So, it's, um, nothing's automatic. You got to just look at it, you know what I mean? You got to ask questions, why is that moving? What's happening? You know, if I just see Pinnacle moving, that might ring a bell saying, what's going on there? Why is Pinnacle moving? Why is nobody else moving? Um, somebody trying to set something up, what's happening? So yeah, you want to be able to look for basketball totals. You know, two points is probably good that they, you could you could probably earn two, maybe two and a half is what I would shoot for, but two points at the bare minimum. Um, and uh, sides, uh, you're looking for maybe one and a half points on a basketball to be off to be able to have a good earn um, there. All right, J-Ball, ask the J-Ball. 
Um, do you flat bet on the risk or on the win? For example, you risk one unit to win 0.91 units, or you risk 1.1 units to win one. Her pros for both methods, or do you mix it up? Well, whenever I'm talking, everything's on a base amount, which is a lower amount than the risk in a win, J-Ball. So, um, you know, I'm never, you know, I'm not going to risk one to win 0.91 uh, it's always going to be, you know, if I'm, if, it's, if I'm laying juice, it's always going to be the win amount that I'm talking about. So if I'm taking, you know, minus 110 for three dimes, I'm really risking 3,300. If I'm taking plus 120 for three dimes, I'm risking three dimes. So it's always the lower amount. That's the base amount. That's the industry standard, at least for the, for the U.S. side of things um, when I'm betting. Okay, Derek Liu at Derek Liu 15. How much power do local bookies have on PPHs? Example, can they see IP by login or by bet? Like if I had multiple accounts with the same local? How easily can they spot sharper action or is it all manual? What are some common tricks or traps to look out for when working with locals? So when you're working with a local uh, account, you definitely want to look, you know, you definitely don't want to bet with the same IP address in the same joint if you have more than one account there. They see everything. Um, can they, they, they'll be able to spot sharp action. They have different reports um, out there, closing line reports. They have the win-loss. And again, it's just different things. So it's, it's hard to last. If you're winning in this business, it's hard to last. It's really that, you know, and it sucks. Um, but that's just how it is offshore, domestic, whatever it is, if you win, um, they're on to you, and unless they're using your information to go bet out, or maybe, you know, if they're booking a dime and then betting three dimes, you might be able to last, but, um, but then again, at the end of the day, whoever they're betting three dimes into is holding a bag, um, somebody at the end is always going to be holding a bag, and, and that's how it works, so, yeah, it, it's just hard to last, but yeah, you gotta, uh, you gotta try to disguise yourself to try to maybe put in some NFL plays. Um, not always crush, you know, a number. Again, you gotta give back a little bit to try to last long. Tennessee Moltisanti at Pine Barren Sport. What's the recruitment process like for you guys? And is there a long retention of employees? Hey, Tennessee. Um... I, uh, the recruitment, you know, we, we hire here and there, but it's, it's, we're a small company. Um, it's hard to get in the door. Usually it's by a referral. Um, and uh, the retention, you know, we, I've had guys that just couldn't take the hours. Like I said, you know, from August, late August to March, we're, we're, we're working 80 hour weeks. So it, it's just hard. Um, from March to like August, you know, mid-March to August, once the NBA season is mid-April, then it's very, it's it's light schedule, but it just, uh, guys just can't take the hours, um, we try to hire younger guys, I kind of like to get guys in the past, I'd like to bring in guys that really didn't know too much about the business, so I could mold them and, and teach them everything, I kind of didn't want to have any pre-existing uh, um, biases that they brought in, but, um, but then again, that could also work out in a different way. So it all depends. We don't really recruit. We don't really hire too much. Again, um, you know, it's always good. We're looking for a programmer maybe. That's something. But when it comes to my trading team, we're pretty solid as we are. Um, 
and um, especially now given I've gone you know have a, a pro social media profile it's one of those things in which you know I can't really let any strangers in the door people might want to come in try to find out my trade secrets or try to find out what's going on in my office um, to try to be able you know it, it's, it's hard with when it comes to that so I kind of um, got to be very very careful who we bring in um, you know maybe uh, look at my software, try to do things, it's just hard, you gotta, you gotta be careful with stuff like that, alright, Benjamin at Ben C Sports, how would you recommend setting up the Don Best screen, which offshore and or PPH books should come first, left or right, hey Ben, um, honestly Ben, if you download the screen and you have a default setting, that's a pretty solid setting right there, you know what I mean, you got the, the majority of the solid books are already there, and you gotta look, um, you know, you know, a lot of these per head offices, the, their their uh, their name on the screen is not known. So you got to kind of find out who's who and what's what. It's just trial and error. You take it and you just look at it and find out what's happening. But I think just the default is a great place to start, Ben. Dinky, my man, Alan at Dink Inc. In the old days, before Don Best. Bookmakers move lines more aggressively since players have to call each bookmaker and get a rundown. Which book moves their lines best? And if you were a bookmaker, would you use the consensus line or do something different to write more business? Yeah, I would, um, if I was a bookmaker, you know, my buddy RP down in the islands, he would always tell me you'd always want to have the best number out there. Um... That's how you, in the offshore world, you, you know, he always made it a point to, if he if he liked the same side as Pinnacle, he always wanted to be a penny better than Pinnacle. Um, if you're a penny better than Pinnacle, that's all it takes to be able to write the bet. Um, and he always made it a point to do that. So I would always, you know, I don't want to really hang a stagnant number, a middle-of-the-road number if I'm trying to generate action. So I would definitely not use a consensus line um, I would book to the sharps, and I would then adjust my line, and I would always try to find a way. Again, you want to book to your chart, but at the same time, if you're trying to be sharp side heavy, you kind of want to be able to always make it a point to, to on, especially on games in which you know there's a true sharp side, to be able to have the best line in the world for the guys that are middling scalping, guys that like the other side, to be able to bet that buyback and give you that give you that pop um, um, so that so that and then they'll receive value also because you have the best line in the world so I think that's something I would do alright ship it at slow loud banging one of the most important days and times to watch the odd screen um, every day you know you watch the odd screen depends on the sport times is always in the morning and at post um, middle of the day gets a little bit light, but at the same time, that's when injuries could come out too. So you got to watch it at all times. If you want to do this the right way, at least the way I do it, um, we always watch. There's no time that you shouldn't watch. Jay Ball, he's asking a lot of questions. I like it. How do I go about getting an offshore credit account so I can set up a betting partnership with you? Uh, J-Ball, we're right now at a point where we only take people that have five uh, offshore accounts or more. Um, the way you get an offshore credit account, you know, I don't know. You know, I don't really, nobody gives me an account directly because 
I don't, um, nobody wants to book me directly. But the way you do, you know, any bartender in the world, um, in any U.S. Uh, restaurant or bar, most, most of the bartenders are bookmakers, let's be honest. So there's always ways, if they're not a bookmaker, they know the local bookmaker. And that's how you do it. And it's great because we do, we're kind of in the same business as the U.S. government where we extract money from illegal bookmakers' hands and then we bring it back into the system, pay full tax on it, and everybody's happy. So it's, um, it's a great thing to do. Um, if you could get accounts for us, we'd be happy to work with you, but we just need a lot of accounts. We don't really like to deal with too many uh, people that just give us one account. It's just too much of a pain in the ass, J-Ball. All right, Organics at Organics Official. <coughs> Spanky, how do you know what every half point is worth? How could I go about finding that out? Have you used SBR's half point calculator? Also, do you know if any public models can do well and beat the closing line, such as the linebacker? Or should I focus attention elsewhere? I have no idea of any public models or anything. I don't even know what the linebacker is, so I'd stay away from them. SBO's half-point calculator, I've seen it. I think it's pretty accurate. There's a few discrepancies, I believe, that exist. Um, and the way you do it is you just got to buy historical data and, 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 and just run some math on it. Um, that's very important. That's, what I, that, that's how I did it. Um, again, I, I kind of told you I bought my data from Andy Escoe at the uh, it's called the logicalapproach.com um, but there's other places if you could just if you knew how to code maybe um, you could parse the data out there for free um, that, that give you a good history Noah Nussenau how do you actually calculate CLV when a line moves from minus 3 to minus 110 to 3 minus 15 it would seem straightforward but much more difficult if the line moves to minus 5 minus 110 how do you adjust the numbers to calculate the line move in the example above every half point if you bring it down and boil it down to pennies every half point is worth a certain number of pennies Noah so that's how you do it 3 flat to 3 minus 15 is obviously 5 cents but 3 flat to 5 flat that's different it depends on the sport obviously a 3 in an NFL is worth more than a 3 in college basketball but you gotta know exactly what a half a point is worth, and that's when you can estimate um, uh, closing line value that way. But again, you want to be able to beat a college basketball side by about one and a half points total by a minimum of two points. You know, two and a half would probably be better in order to beat, uh, in order to have long-term uh, uh, profits. Jim Viviano, I'm a strict Kelly-based better. Mostly 1% per play, max $100 a unit right now, give or take. At what size unit is there a high concern to be cut off at all offshores and or severely limited? I haven't delved into locals yet, should I? Love your pod and happy holidays. Happy holidays, Jim. Um, I think at $100, you're alright. I don't think anybody's going to cut you off. Um, I think what you, I think even nickels you might be alright, but who knows. Um, I think once you get beyond nickels... That's when things get a little sticky. Um, but most guys will keep you on for nickels. Um, they'll let you fire away. Um, again, I'm hearing in Vegas, there's guys in Vegas that I know that on some of these apps, um, you know, they're limited to $100 on college basketball totals. You know, places like the Westgate even will limit guys to $100 on the app. Um, so it's, 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 it's tough. It's, um, you know, uh, it's hard to get down, brother. And um, if you've got a nice edge, I think $100, you're safe forever. 
but you know I don't think you can make a living bet a hundred dollars so you kind of want to um, if you want to increase your stuff you got to spread it out more um, and slowly extract from several different bookmakers than just simply try to you know uh, uh, kill one bookmaker all right sports investing at Tana Fares why does Boston Red 88 not like you oh shit uh, Boston Red, so Alan Boston, I never met the guy personally, um, I've heard many good things over the years about Boston, um, he was very sharp at one time, um, I know he worked for Billy years and years ago, and, um, I got, listen, I'm not gonna, I'm, you know, unless somebody's talking to me face to face, or we could talk on a phone call, I'm not gonna really badmouth anybody, the one thing that one time, you know, he was on, uh, on uh, Gil Alexander's show, and Gil asked him, hey, maybe you come back, um, and maybe for, for March Madness, uh, what do you think, would you be able to come back, and he just answered, I don't know, and I just called him out, I said, listen, that was a little rude, um, again, just my opinion, and then once I called the guy out, I'm like, why are you being rude to the guy, he's inviting you back, even if you don't want to go back, just say, yeah, let me think about it, I'll see how things are, I, you know, his response was just a little bit rude, that was my opinion, um, that's probably why he doesn't like me. Also, Billy Walters, you know, he mentioned later on that of all the years that he's been doing business with Billy Walters, um, Billy only complained about one person. That was me. Um, why do they all hate me? Is because I get better numbers than they get. They put all the work in. They handicap the games. They do all the effort. And I'm over there just to be able to get the best prices. Um, people don't understand in this business. And, you know, a lot of people say, Spank, you're not smart enough to originate. Um, you know, you just steal people's plays and, and you do this. And, you know, listen, you can say whatever you want. At the end of the day, I, I'm, I'm, I built the technology to be able to do so. You know, and, and people say I'm not smart enough. I, you know, you can insult my intelligence in any way, shape, or form. It doesn't matter. The technology involved um, is something that, you know, not everybody can do. And I wind up taking a technical road to be able to beat sports betting. Some people do the bottom-up approach and are able to handicap games like Boston does with a pen and paper. God bless him. If that works for him, go get him. Some people do different things where they use automation and they build models. That's great. You could do that too. I, on the other hand, don't build the models. Again, I have people feeding me numbers to guide me, but most of my stuff is built on a top-down approach where I'm looking for discrepancies, where I'm looking for line movements. That's what it comes down to. That, that that's, that's my edge. That's what I do. Now, can anybody do it? No. If you can, then I would have all the competition in the world. I have technology. I built a lot of artificial intelligence into my, te into my programs and my algorithms that are scoping different things out. I can spot fakes. I can spot reels. And I know how to get the best numbers. That's what it, so, and, and my system will never die. It'll never fade. And that's when, when I was kind of coming up in this business, I said to myself, I could either try to become a handicapper and I could try to maybe concentrate on being a handicapper, and I could, or instead I could have the world's best handicappers indirectly work for me by beating the market. And that, to me, is the best avenue because when you're a handicapper, you're only as good as your last season. And again, 
the in this world as the, uh, the 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 lines become better and better the opening lines are becoming more efficient and and the lines are becoming more correct so it becomes you might think you have an edge here but then the next year that edge might be realized into your line and you're not going to really know it until you start losing money so that to me is you know unless you know you have something that that's that's you know that that's really good that could last for years and years you know, like Billy had his program that lasted for years and years, um, and that was always great. You know, can Billy's program uh, beat the market today? Who knows? Um, but the one thing I do know is that my system, always looking for discrepancies, beating the closing line, will always it's time tested it will always work out it doesn't matter I don't have to worry about keeping my model up to date I don't have to worry about keeping all my stats correct and being able to make sure to clean up my data and this that and the other thing none of that I'm able to look beat the closing line and that's how I earn and that's it and people might not respect me for it they might insult me um, I've had bookmakers tell me you're not an originator I don't respect you and, you know, any bookmaker that tells me that's an automatic dressmaker. You know, you just copy people. You know, I mean, a bookmaker hangs a price. That's like, you know, if a guy walks into McDonald's and always, and, and he says, you know what, I'm going to have what the guy just had in front of me. And McDonald's is like, oh, come on, how, how can you do that? You're just copying the guy. Listen, you got a price, you got a price list, this is your price list. Here it is, these are my prices. Pick and choose whatever you want, okay? And that's what it comes down to. I'm going to pick and choose what I want. You hang a number, take a hit, and shut your mouth. It's very simple. I look at the I look at the menu, and I'm because I lay 110, I have the right to choose what I want to bet. And any bookmaker that complains about steam betters or non-originators or guys that are following people and all this, that's not a real bookmaker because you're a bookmaker hangs the number to take a hit. That, that hit, it doesn't matter if it's coming from the originator of originators or if it's coming from, you know, Joe Schmo. It doesn't matter. The number is there. That's the number. And here's my money. Write the bet. That's it. The best bookmakers in the world are the ones that always want to write action. And it's funny, if you think about it, if you just look at it in, in, in any walk of life, um, when it comes to... Um, when it comes to the best of the of 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 any industry like the best bookmakers that I've from what I've seen were former betters they understand it they were former advantage betters they were guys that used to have the best of the number that's those are the guys that are old that have become the best bookmakers they understand the player side same thing in any walk of life um, another example the best criminal defense lawyers are usually former prosecutors because they understand now that how it is to be able to be on the offense and now when you're on a defense you know how to be able to use your shield as a weapon but you, you learn that when you because you've seen how the best criminal defense lawyers came up against you you kind of learn that attribute learn that skill and you hone that skill to be able to use it and that's how that's how some of the best criminal defense attorneys um, have become so good again bookmakers when you're a bookmaker you're kind of on a defense here's my chart here's my prices come and get it but you know how to be able to use your prices as a weapon to try
try to lure people in, lure the sharps in to take a price where they think they're getting the best of it, but three hours later they got the worst of it. That's how the best bookmakers proceed because they know how to use their defense, their shield as an offense um, because they were on the offensive side at one point. It's something to think about. Um, when you you know when you look at it, that's why if you know if anybody's lawyer shopping out there ever, God forbid I have to do that. But you know if anybody ever has to look at, always look for uh, if if you're in criminal if you're looking for criminal defense, God forbid I ever have to look at that ever again in my life. Um, but you never know in this world. But if you're ever looking for an attorney, criminal defense attorney, you always want a formal prosecutor. You always want somebody that has trial experience, guys that have been in the trenches. Same thing when it comes to the bookmaking. A bookmaker, again, and I've seen so many bookmakers. So I can judge bookmakers because I've played into hundreds, if not thousands, of bookmakers. I know the best bookmakers are former or current betters, and they understand that, listen, I can make that minus 110 work for me, and I can, you know, because getting plus 110 is a huge, huge thing, that juice really adds up, and if you can lure these pros and pit them against each other, and then all the dummy money is going to be there anyway, then you could really build a great business. Alright, enough of that, but yeah, Bossaretta, you know, he hates me, the guy hates me, um, and it's cool, whatever, he blocked me on Twitter, and, um, listen, God bless the guy, um, I, I got nothing bad to say about him at this point, um, I've moved on. Alright, Julian, at the food snob frog, how does Bitcoin fluctuating in value affect your bottom line at the end of the year? How do you protect yourself versus that uncontrollable element? Bonus question. When are you and a family back in Europe for a long holiday? Oh yeah, Julian, thanks. Brother Julian hooked me up with a restaurant recommendation. I remember now in Bordeaux when I was in France last uh, this past summer. Um, I'm not sure, Julian, about the family going back. We might do Italy either this year or next. We'll see what's up. I'll definitely let you know, though. Bitcoin, you know, we don't really, you know, again, Bitcoin is one of those things in which... Um, it's the we don't really hold Bitcoin too much. If people want to settle with that, it's one thing. But <coughs> we're kind of not into that really. Um, so the fluctuation really doesn't 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 affect us. All right, the Wager Pager podcast. Yes, those are my friends over there at the Wager Pager. I've been on the show. Great guys, Chris and Brock. What's up, Spank? Do you invest in the futures market? And if so, what's the best futures hit of your career? I don't, Chris. I'm not a futures guy um, because it ties up my credit. Most of my betting is done on credit. So if I'm betting futures um, in, let's just say, uh, college football futures, if I'm betting in August, uh, that means that money I can't use it for August, September, October, November, um, December, say. So it's five months. It just doesn't make any sense for me to tie that up. I could have a 10% edge on that future. It still wouldn't make sense because that money, if I could turn it over every day, um, you know, we're talking 180 days. So just just imagine I could turn over that credit every day. Uh, um, I'd earn a lot more even if I'm holding a half a percent than if I'm holding a big future. So it just doesn't doesn't um, doesn't really make sense for us when it comes to offshore credit accounts to bet futures. Also, that being said, um, very few accounts are going to last that long for me. So if I have a bookmaker, he might be booking me in August. Uh, if he's still booking me in December, um, then he's either really good, really rich, or uh, or uh, 
or you know a really good bookmaker, a really stupid bookmaker, a really rich bookmaker, one of the three. You know what I mean? So um, they really don't last too long. So that's why we kind of avoid it. All right, Pocono Mike here he is. He's back. Why is movement in the last 30 minutes to post, i.e., beating the closing line, more important than movement during the hours or days leading up to the event? There could be movement in opposite direction. <laughs> nah, I think the movement early on is important. Certain movement, it depends how hard the move is. But a, a move is a move. You got to be able to analyze that move individually. But I don't think a late move is is, is more, necessarily always more important than an early move. Of course, a late move. There's a lot more money that that caused that move. Um, so you definitely want to pay attention to that. Um, 30 minutes to post limits are we're at full limits here. So anybody that's moving heavy money, 30 minutes to post. That's going to take a lot of money to move that line, versus if you're like, uh, you know, night night before or or five, three, four, five days before, it doesn't take too much to move that number. So be careful with that. Local leaks, at local underscore leaks. Do you feel that PayPal to settle with betting partners is a safe avenue? If someone gets you a good amount of accounts with high limits, is there a limit of how much you would send back and forth in a week? Um, I, you know, I don't know, Chinese Mike handles all the accounting stuff, so, you know, it doesn't really matter to me how we settle, you know, as long as we get paid when we win and we pay when we lose, that's all that matters. Okay, hey, it's Mickey Givens, hey Spink, can you please give insight on some of the hurdles you face regarding legal reporting income for taxes from the betting side of the biz, is betting into offshore books viewed as legal in the U.S., do you claim pro sports betting or W-2, how do you verify Profit and loss for Uncle Sam. So we have a business, um, Mickey, and yes, we pay full tax on everything, of course. Um, and uh, is uh, betting in offshore sports books is 100% legal in the United States, um, especially it depends on the state. There's a few states that it's, it's, I don't think it is legal, or maybe Utah or some other states. But uh, a better is always exempt from any wrongdoing. Um, the the federal uh, the, and all the the federal I think it was uh, I forgot the statute 1955 or something I I have it all written down, but um it's um you know you have to violate local state laws to be uh to be violating uh, federal bookmaking laws federal gambling laws and as long as you're abiding by your state laws promote any promoting gambling statute usually is going to always have a provision there saying that, you know, it, a, a better is not guilty of anything, any crime. So, um, and that's if you're betting with any local domestic shop or you're betting with uh, with any offshore sports book. There's just too many of us. And, and the U.S. can never stop betters because, you know, we're betting in, in the lottery and, and in the racetracks. So betters is, is a big, big earn for uh, for the government so they're not going to be able to um, and, and they're just it's like why would the government want to deter betters um, because it's like think about it like a millipede you know a millipede let's just say is a thousand legs you know killing one leg off which is us betters um, doesn't affect it you might just grow it back Whereas, you know, if you kill the bookmaker, which is the head of the, uh, of the millipede, that's what they want to go after, the illegal bookmaker, not us betters. So, um, we have no issue with when it comes to that. Okay, who do we got now? Captain Jack, my man. If you guys don't follow Captain Jack, at CapJack2000, you're missing out. Captain Jack has become a good friend of mine. He knows his shit, and he's a very, very smart dude. I respect him deeply. Captain Jack, what do you see yourself doing in five years? 
in 10 years. Man, Cap. Um, I don't really know. I um, I always, I went into this and I had so much success. I was thinking I'm going to retire by 30. And then I just kept going because I just addicted. You just, you know, it's not even addicted to money. It's just addicted to just being able to do this. Like, you know, I could be at a dinner party and there'll be doctors there. There'll be lawyers there. There'll be, um, you know, the best of the best scientists, brain surgeons, whatever it is. Um, but I guarantee you there's very, very few, if not any, professional sports bettors. So it's one of those things in which you kind of like, you know, I have a pretty unique profession. It's pretty cool. Most American males would love to do what I do. Um, there's an aura about it. It's a cool thing to do. But it's hard. You know, I mean, a lot of people think that it's easy. It's, it's still hard work, just like anything else. Um, you know, I always thought a police officer would be fun to do or a detective, try to solve crimes. Um, but, uh, you know, you ask any detective, they'll tell you, listen, it's fun at times, but it's hard work. There's a lot of shit you got to deal with. Your, your life's on the line. So it's tough stuff. You just, every profession has its good and bad. I don't see myself doing anything differently in five, ten years. Again, I've kind of taken a step back. My guys do a lot of stuff now. I'm not working the, the, the amount of hours I used to. Um, then again, I'm never going to be fully out of the business. Um, I love it too much. I'm still good at it. And um, until my edge is gone, then um, then that's when I'll be out. And I don't foresee that that my edge and what I do, again, my top-down approach method, I don't foresee that ever being hindered in any way. So uh, hopefully I'll be around for another several years, Cap. But thanks for the question doing the same thing. Alright. Um, dear Spanky, with the expansion of legalized sports wagering, would you consider having runners be a part of your operation? With you being limited or banned in most casinos, wouldn't having them a good business strategy? When DC gets their books up, I'll be the first in line. Thanks, Los, but no thanks. Um, like I said before, we don't really bend these domestic joints. They're going to kick you out so fast. It's going to take a few days to be able to worry about the funds and this, that, and the other thing. We don't really want to mess with that. But thank you anyway. Sharp totals at Thomas and a bunch of numbers. How do you know when a line that's steamed hit its peak? Basically, what is the signal? It's time to bet back that I won't move anymore. Well, if you're middling, you're going to bet back. Sharp totals, Thomas. Um, how do you know? You just you have to feel. This is something that, that'll take years and years to get. Um, it's experience. Um, so you just got to work on it. It's There's no there's no uh, true and uh, uh, tried um, answer for that. You just got to keep working at it, and you'll know. It just takes years and years of experience. Adam Zemek at M underscore Zem. All right. Love the podcast. Not sure if you want to openly discuss this, but how do you taxes come into play? Give the majority of actions offshore books via betting partner accounts. I touch I touch base on this, Adam. Can you explain in more detail how your betting partnerships work? Who funds the accounts? How do you settle up? All right, this is a good time for the advertisement portion. This podcast is brought to you by Chinese Mike at Chinese Mike Two on Twitter. If you want to become a betting partner. Talk to Chinese Mike. The way it works is we you give us offshore betting accounts. We're able to username, password, login, username, password, website. And then we're able to we'll have a percentage of, say, 50-50. We'll do all the betting in those offshore websites. We don't give you any picks, none of that bullshit. We're not taking any money from you. Uh, uh, 
um, uh, for a fee, none of that stuff. No, you just give us accounts, and we're going to be able to bet, and we split the profits and losses. We're betting partners. We're extracting money from these bookmakers together. Um, we do all the work. Um, I've had betting partners. You know, one guy tried to tell me that you know, uh, uh, you know, we bet Team A. He goes, I disagree with you. I like Team B. Listen, brother. You know what I mean? That's like going to a chef, a master chef, and um, he's putting a little lemon in his sauce. You know, in in, in his thing, and you're like, Nah, I think you should put some lime in there. Listen, step back. Let the chef do. Let the better. Let the professional better do his thing. You get us accounts. We'll do our betting. I appreciate your advice, but I don't need it. I don't want it. I frankly don't care about your advice. I don't care what you like. Um, if you want to bet what you like, go ahead and bet what you like. If you want to give me the accounts, let me do the betting. Let my guys do the betting, and you just sit back, collect the money. That's it. So, um, And that's how it works. It's real simple. So Chinese Mike, at Chinese Mike 2 on Twitter, he'll be able to help you out. We'll beat the bookmakers together. All right. What do we got here? I think we got uh, how many more questions? Um, I think we got one more. We're done. My name at athletic underscore Al. Are you more aggressive or less aggressive now as compared to when you started and doing what you're doing? More aggressive or less aggressive? Um, I don't know what that means. Aggressive. Um, I'm always trying to get out because that's the lifeline of my business. I can't function if, if I don't have bookmakers to play into. <coughs> so I've always been aggressive doing that. I got to try to get accounts. Um, and it's the hardest part of this business. Winning, like I've said before, is is 1% of the equation. The other 99% is getting accounts and finding bookmakers to be able to place those winning plays in. Um, I myself, with my name and my reputation, very few people um, are going to book me directly. They want nothing to do with me. Um, so um, I have to use beards or I have to use anonymous offshore betting accounts to be able to bet into these bookmakers. Um, and, and that's the thing. So when it comes to aggression with that, I'm always trying to find um, ways to be able to get down. Um, you know, just same similar thing with a blackjack card counter or any advantage player. Once you know how to count, that's the easiest thing in the world, right? It's easy. You know how to do it. It's a skill base. You study. You know what you're doing. What's the next step? The next step is finding the right game. That is the most important thing and lasting as long as possible. That's the true art. That's how you're able to be able to last long and make a living. Having a, you know, I could be the best better in the world, but if nobody's going to book my bets, what does it matter? You could be the best card counter in the world, but if there's no casino that lets you walk into the joint and play, what the hell does it matter? So that's what it comes down to. It's finding the right places to be able to take your action and to be able to last as long as possible so that you can still grind out that urn and, and make money. All right, well, that's it right there. We're coming up close to an hour on this. It's a pleasure, everybody. I'm hoping I answered a lot of questions. I'm looking to have some guests on. Um, I kind of don't want to say any names, um, but hopefully if I nab, you know, get my friend over here to come on, this will be a great, great treat. We'll see what's up. These questions, question-answer format has been really good for me. And I feel as if I'm talking to somebody instead of rambling, rambling on for an hour, uh, talking to myself, I feel as if somebody's asking me the question, even though I'm just reading the question out loud, I appreciate all the great questions, I hope I'm able to shed some light or some give some insight on 
what's gotten me to the level that I'm at after doing this for 20 years. Um, and um, again, I know a lot of my DMs, I'm way backed up. There's, there's stuff I haven't looked at from August, September. It's just hard. If you guys DM me, I really don't respond at this point. I'm sorry. Um, the best bet is if you want to, if I, I can answer a question, to definitely, um, you know, ask it on the future podcasts. There's always going to be a thread there. And um, any betting partnership requests, again, please direct them to Chinese Mike. He handles all that. And, um, and that's it, brother. Uh, brothers, my brothers, we're all brothers in this business. Um, you know, that's the one thing that we share. Being a, a sports better uh, brings us together as brothers, and and where we try to beat the bookmakers, and even the bookmakers are our brothers too. They're gamblers just like us. Um, you know, they're not. A lot of people say bookmakers are the enemy. Nah, they're not the enemy. I'm very friendly with several bookmakers. They're the greatest guys. So they're not the enemy. They're trying to take our money. We're trying to take their money. We can still both have a good time doing it. And um, and it's a good thing, this game, this sports betting thing. I'm so happy to be able to have this public outlet that I could share some of my stories or some of my insights um, on, on how I got to where I'm at. And maybe I could put that spark into somebody that they could take their game to the next level and they could become a semi-pro or a pro or you know what just to be able to make a little bit of extra money on the side everybody merry christmas hope everybody had a merry christmas happy new year to everybody god bless thanks for the time until next time